0: Welcome to Having Words, my name is Josh Martello and in this podcast I promote insightful conversations and create meaningful content with some ambitious, motivated and quite inspirational special guests. This week I chat with Aaron, a YouTuber known as Tyser. He talks about the creative struggle he has maintaining an audience of over 300,000 subscribers. As well as starting out on YouTube in high school, he speaks openly about the bullying, the mistakes and the successes he faced growing his audience and pursuing his passion. To support the podcast and receive exclusive content such as the post show, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Having Words. Welcome back to the Having Words podcast. My name is Josh Martello. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, Aaron, that we've known each other for a long
1: time. Um, Aaron, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing all right. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. You, I think you're probably the most confident guest, no pressure, that we've had on the Having Words podcast yet.
1: Right. That, that's a big bar, a high <laughs> bar that you're saying. And now I feel like I need to fulfill something.
0: Oh, you're crying. <laughs> No, I'm oh joking. My gosh. The reason why I've gotten you on is because you are one of my most creative friends. Because you have oh, you. a YouTube channel. Yes, I do. That's really
1: cool. That's that's my job. That's 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 what I do.
0: That's crazy, and I feel like it's such a cool thing from my point of view to say that. Yeah, your, your job is YouTube. Your job is to create content based on what
1: you want to make. To an extent, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would I would agree. I mean, we can get into that a little bit later, but that's pretty much what I've been doing. for... Yeah. Well, a couple of years now. Yeah. A while.
0: Quite a while. Um, Before we begin, Aaron, um, why don't you briefly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, about the YouTube channel.
1: Long story short, hi, I'm Aaron, 22. Uh, Started YouTube back when I was, oh, maybe 14, 15. Yeah. Back in high school. And did it as like a thing I, you know, did it for myself, did it something I was uninterested in. And then as I went into college, 16, 17, 18... Um, it became like making a bit bit of side pocket cash. Mm. And then as I went through university and completed my degree, I started the impending doom of, (laughs) I now need to get a full-time career and pay rent and get a house deposit. (laughs) And YouTube just
0: wasn't supporting that for you at that time.
1: YouTube wasn't. And I knew that like the degree I was doing was, um, human geography. So I knew I either had to, uh, make YouTube work somehow and pay the bills Mm. Uh, or give it all up and go into a nine to five job, and I've been self-employed for so long at that point. Um, even though it was like pocket cash, yeah, I wanted to make it work. Wanted to try it. I was like, I don't want to work for the man. Yeah, just
0: or the or, 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 or the lady.
1: Although, yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't judge on this podcast. <laughs> um,
0: but that that's so interesting, and I think like. At such an at such a young age to have such a almost controversial passion because I think when 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 we were that age. Um the idea of earning money through making something you wanted to do just wasn't really a oh thing. Oh God, yeah. Like it wasn't really seen upon. So like, I think a lot of people in this day and age, like my siblings, for example, like my, my brother, William, shout out William. I'm sure that he would have, he would have loved to have tried YouTubing or like Twitch or whatever to try and like earn revenue, earn popularity, whatever. But back then when you were doing it, it wasn't a big thing and you were literally doing it for yourself. Obviously you were exposed to YouTubers that were obviously <laughs> earning money and everything. But I suppose back then you didn't really see yourself ever maybe hitting that pig, you were just doing because you, you enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think anyone who does YouTube wishes, don't get me wrong, like I wanted to be a big YouTuber, but at like 15 years old, I was a naive kid who had <laughs> these great ambitions and my videos were crap. Like they were not good. Um, you know, by, by any standard compared to any YouTubers at the time, they were terrible. There was no way that people were going to watch them. It's true. On <laughs> the <viral> side, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, I had, I had huge issues through high school. I got bullied for it, like straight, mm. and college. I, I, I was quite proud of it, I thought. And the, the subscribers and how it was doing um, wasn't too bad. And I told kids at school and it just got passed around and I would get just criticized for it. Yeah. Jo- joked at, you know, hi, you've got a YouTube channel. Like that, that, you know. Like, yeah, I
0: do. I think I think back then it was kind of uh, it. People did bully people when they were expressing themselves in different way. Yeah. When they were showing some sort of vulnerability, and I think being creative, especially in today's day and age, I think it is a little bit easier. But it is it is still kind of frowned upon in the sense that you're you do express yourself being creative because you are kind of sharing a little bit of yourself, like you're making something. And you know, like for example, if if you if I bought in a, a a clay mug that I made and it was terrible, like, I, like I'm showing some sort of vulnerability. In, in class mm. and if people are going to bully me for it it's still going to send me down and like what what actually i want to ask you first is kind of how you dealt with that criticism those people and i suppose throughout your entire youtube career how you deal with those kind of that kind of negativity because i think for me personally that's something which has really put me off ever making anything because i am scared of not only failure but also like the criticism and the negativity that i'm just i'm, I'm going to receive
1: so for me like in high school the criticism came you know, thick and fast. I, I mean, doing creative stuff generally and like even to this day, I still get criticism. Um, high school, I just dealt with it by, I have no wise words. I just, it was almost just the numbers um, was the easiest way to deflect it because even my, my videos, you know, by today's standards weren't doing great. But back then, like it meant a lot, a thousand views on a video. And even though the the bullies would say stuff, I knew in the back, I it's it's a weird way because you shouldn't, focus on numbers on social media. That's what everyone says. Yeah. But the fact that I knew that at least a thousand people enjoyed the video and people liked it and I had positive comments completely outweighed this jerk at school who had a, had a, had a different opinion mm. um, to it. So that, that's that's how I dealt with it then. You know, if they were like, ha ha, you know, they would just make jokes the fact that I made Minecraft videos mm. and those jokes kind of died off quite quickly when they realised, oh, you know, his channel's actually doing pretty right. It's true, yeah. Um, I think it's an easy... It's, it's almost like saying the best way to like deal with criticism is by showing them that they're wrong. Yeah. And by succeeding on YouTube is how I did that in high school. Um, even if it was a small succeeding. Um, secondly, in like today day to day and how I deal with it um, in my career is it is now I get criticism quite a bit in, in comments and it still stings. And I think every YouTuber says the same thing here. Like you could have a thousand positive comments and then you have one jerky comment and it doesn't even have to be these days. If someone just says, oh, it's crap, and they don't give me a reason it doesn't affect me but if someone says oh you're copying this other youtuber and i'm like no this is my fully original content like go away mm. um that actually like takes a stab at who i am yeah um and how i feel about what i've created
0: because it feels like a personal attack like they're basically calling you a fraud and it's like no because like i'm on here to create original content content that i want to make and you say so it sure it might be similar to someone else's but like you have no idea the amount of planning and production that goes into it because what what viewers and listeners actually see is a small amount of what actually went into a project like i know for you you do planning you do Mm -hmm. uh pre-production you do all these things filming editing there's so much and the actual video content and the release of it and the distribution is is a small a small percentage of the entire process
1: right yeah 100 percent and it's kind of like an attack on everything that you've all the work you've put into it not just the recording itself uh but dealing with it i just you can't just take it on the chin It's, it's there's no other way of doing it you can't confront these people i've tried that Um, and either they won't reply or they'll just double down. And with the market that I'm in for say, if you want to call it that the audience of people who watch my content is kids. Um, and a lot of kids will either just take the opportunity to reinforce what they've said. Uh, there used to be this mentality that if someone was called out on the internet or even in real life, we could say that they would apologize and back down. Mm. But these days it's so easy to double down on what you're saying, even if it's complete crap. Yeah. Um, and kids do that online um and it sounds so silly being 22 years old and being affected by negative comments by um younger fans but it really does Mm. um and then friends have the same uh you know concerns issues problems as well
0: it's true and i know that for the podcast like i am waiting for the day that i get that that one star review or that negative review and to be fair like I know that mentality of I'm looking forward to it because at the end of the day if if I if I'm getting negativity if I'm getting people that aren't isn't liking my content that means I'm doing something right at the end of the day. But it's just coping with it. And I feel like you've inspired me in the regard that you might re- I don't know how much negative criticism you get. I know you get a lot of positive reinforcement mm. and everything but like you brush it off. Like you said you got to you got to take it in your sleeve you just you go along with it. Like at the end of the day you've got to make sure it doesn't it doesn't make or break you. you got to you, you can't live your life on criticism in life and i think that that's not only for youtube or or being a creator but also just for the rest of life like you are going to receive criticism from jealous toxic people but at the end of the day like if you're receiving criticism it means you're doing something right anyway
1: absolutely and i think with the industry that i'm in with youtube is different as well because while i can receive toxic comments and and negative comments on my channel nothing's going to help me unless it is constructive um and then the big question is, is this one person's constructive comment, how many other people agree with it? And to be honest, you you can't tell on YouTube. Unlike a profession like a comedian where he tells a bad joke and nobody laughs, he gets mm. instant feedback that he needs to change that about his performance, right? But being a YouTuber or even being a podcast host, you don't get that. You don't know um, unless someone directly tells you. And even then, you still doubt it because... As, as with all creatives, we have our envisions of what's right, but we sometimes need to be told otherwise. And sometimes we're not willing to accept that in a sense
0: yeah you're right and I feel like when you are like you said you are surrounded by a lot of people that are other YouTubers as well well. so it is very easy I suppose to find in the the real life that kind of positive reinforcement which which everyone needs as well at some point Um, I just want to quickly touch on um, can you go back to sorry I kind of interrupted a little bit about you explaining yourself your YouTube kind of career how it has been um, how one of your accounts has 300,000 subscribers (laughs) love that love that um, love that number (laughs) 300,000 subscribers how you got to that point and everything just a, a, a brief background into kind of like your your rise in YouTube a little bit
1: right so yeah as I said started YouTube back 14 15 um 2012 and then it was very much like a, just a thing for myself I didn't make a penny off it until about 2017 honestly um or if anything I did make was barely pocket money and did it because I saw other big YouTubers doing it Saw so the Yogscast it was a big inspiration for me And I wanted to make content like them. I mean, it it was nowhere near the same level. It was terrible because I was a 15 year old making it. And I had, I wasn't self-aware how bad my content was. But to
0: you, it was good content. It's like kids that draw pictures and they're like, this is the best thing ever. And obviously like to the people close to you, you know, that picture, your parents love it, you know? And I suppose like to your friends closest to you, it's the most amazing thing ever that you're producing content and you're getting like a hundred views a video. That's incredible.
1: Right, but it wasn't like going anywhere bigly. Um, And for me, like, I think my career has been shaped by taking a step back, looking at it realistically and saying, right, this is where I am. And is this where I want to be? No. Okay. Let's change something. Let's get there. And I've had those changes because so many people while doing YouTube, I think, or any social media will get stuck in a rutus where they will keep, I'm in a ruck where they will keep trying the same thing. You know, as they, as the time goes, you throw an object at a wall and see if it sticks, (laughs) keep it child friendly here. Um, That doesn't work, in my opinion, on social media. Mm. So anyway, going back to where I was, so I then went through college, and then at the end, towards the end of college, beginning of high uh, high school, university, I tried a new format. I I took a step back and I said, right, this isn't working. So I tried something different. And so we-
0: sorry, up to that point, what wasn't working? What right. You-
1: so I was doing let's play content. So. For those who aren't into that gaming stuff on YouTube... Or YouTube at all. Or YouTube in general. It's it's pretty much videos of people just playing the games um, and having fun with their friends. Yeah. Um, maybe hard to get your head around if you've never seen that kind of stuff before. <laughs> why would you
0: watch someone? Why would you listen to this podcast if you don't know uh, YouTube?
1: Right, exactly. Um, why listen to this podcast when you could listen to your mate talk? Is, okay. Is that kind of cre- <laughs> My point is, that's the kind of stuff I was doing. Mm. And then I tried something new with 360 content. So this is videos that you can drag around and look in all directions. You've probably bumped into one somewhere online. I
0: know that the first time I saw it was, I think it was this guy that was, uh, what are they, those squirrel suits of people like flying down cliff surfaces and stuff. And he was wearing a a GoPro on his head, one of those 360 ones. And you could actually turn your phone and look around. And I thought, this is amazing. This is incredible. And obviously, I think the next time I saw it was actually on your channel and seeing that you were making 360 content inside like video games.
1: Yeah. So I, I tried a new format. I took the step back, tried something else. And it instantly, honestly, within a week, uh, it, it did amazingly, the video. Way better than any other video I'd done. And I left it for a bit because that video was a lot more work than my normal videos, being honest. <laughs> uh-huh. nice. uh, it was about four months, I think. And then eventually just speaking to some uh, friends in real life, they said, you should get on. Like, you should try and do more of that stuff. So I did and stopped the content that wasn't working that I'd been trying to do for four or five years because it had gone from the point of like i did it for my enjoyment to when it was coming through college like three four years in i wanted to make it into a job i I Mm -hmm. knew that um but it wasn't happening so i switched content started doing the 360 stuff and now that's what I pretty much do, do full time, yeah. yeah. And and that's
0: also, um, you also have two channels. Yes. Um, and something I want to touch upon later is the whole idea of the kind of brand and the personality and maybe the struggles that you've possibly had in that that realm as well. Um, but yeah, these th- these 360 videos, can you kind of give us some numbers about the kind of viewership they get?
1: Videos I get very hugely because as we'll get into the brand thing later, my channel is very driven off, we're going to get very analytics central here <laughs> i um, love analytics but it is very driven off what i call trending searchable content so instead of people regularly coming back to see what i've done my videos are powered you could say uh off trends off what people what what's clickable what's in the moment so some of my top videos you know easily surpass one two million views it's crazy um but i can have videos that i put up and they don't go past ten thousand views because It's just stuff people aren't, you know, wanting to watch. Um, And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a genius video. It's going to go viral. And then it doesn't. You just never know, I suppose. Like, even
0: when, like you said, you started in, what, 2012. Even when you've been in the industry this long. Right. You you still can't really gauge which way a demographic's going to go, you know.
1: Absolutely. And YouTube these days is so, you may have heard of it. People talk about the algorithm. Um, Everything on YouTube is suggested. So any video you see, like in the app, it has been a robot has decided that you it thinks that you wanna watch it. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes the robot just decides that one of your videos isn't worthy of being served to people for say, shown to people. And that can kill a video.
0: Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. And I feel like like every YouTuber's gone through a point of experiencing that as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And a lot of YouTubers these days have to go through rebranding for that very reason. Yeah. They have to take a step back when their content starts doing worse and worse. They need to go, right, I need to change something up. How do I do this?
0: To make it work, but whilst also having a balance between still enjoying it as well. And I suppose that's quite interesting is, is as you've kind of been more dependent on your YouTubing and everything, how have you ensured that
1: the passion hasn't died out? It's a tricky one because I can't say honestly that i have the same level of passion that i did mm. when i started um and i don't know if it's, i've just got older and more cynical um you know now now my objectives have changed because when i started youtube was a passion project and like sure i still enjoy it to an extent i mean i'll get to that in a bit um but i have gotta pay rent
0: yeah. i've gotta
1: try saving up for a house deposit having a life as having well. a life yeah eating food paying paying bills <laughs> and because of that it kind of changes from this creative endeavor to... A chore, almost. I wouldn't say a chore, but it's a job. It's a job. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's almost like having a comedian, maybe a bad anecdote or comparison, who does a show that they come up with, and it's different to all their other shows. And this new show format works really well. And they have to do that show format for the rest of their lives because the viewers like it. Yeah. Okay. But and they maybe want to try something different, but the problem is the audience isn't going to watch something different. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose that brings us on as well to like brand versus personality. We were were discussing before this, how you've kind of had this, um, this adventure into like kind of distinguishing yourself as either a brand or a personality and like real quick, can you kind of say what the difference is between the two on YouTube?
1: Yeah. So Different YouTubers have different perspectives. And this is mine of YouTube. <laughs> I see way back when, um, if, you, if you've watched YouTube for a while, or if you've watched YouTubers, it used to be all about the personality. So what I mean by that is you go onto YouTube and you look for a creator. Um, Shane Dawson is an example I bring up a lot someone who you watch because it is shane dawson Mm. um or pewdiepie or pewdiepie i can name loads of solo creators Mm. who you go for their personality and their quirky traits um and then that used to be what it all was about but nowadays you know in, in 2019 going 2020 it's brands as well so you might you might not think twice about it, but the chances are you watch a lot of brands on YouTube. And I mean stuff like Buzzfeed, Vox News, Verge, mm. um, any of the Buzzfeed channels. There's loads. <laughs> Cheddar. There's there's loads of channels that are corporations which run them behind the scenes. Yeah,
0: which That's, get millions of views.
1: Right. And people enjoy the content. And if anything, that that content is like old-fashioned TV shows, TV-styled cable content.
0: And I've I read recently how, how YouTube's always trying to push that more consistent uh, TV-like content. Like yeah. they want people that are almost making series, they're making um, consistent, consistent content, and they're also kind of like fueling the audience. Like they know their demographic and they're kind of reinforcing the demographic and making sure that they keep coming back. They want those consistent viewerships.
1: Absolutely. And it's a direction that's publicly known by pretty much everyone who does YouTube. That is what they want to go for. Because at the end of the day... For those who don't know, YouTube makes money by, uh, when you see an advert on a video, a YouTuber gets a cut and YouTube itself gets a cut of the money. So the more videos you watch, the more money YouTube makes. Damn it. And <laughs> but the, the, way, more, the
0: more money the creators get as, get as well. Uh, yes, 100%. Yeah.
1: But the best way, or like the probably the most binge-worthy content is the best way to say it, is this high production tv show-esque stuff mm. you know you're more i'd say you're more likely to sit down and binge a netflix series than you are to binge a youtuber mm. is, is how i think it yeah um so
0: if, if you can get a combination of the both you've got the perfect format
1: i think so yeah mm. but i don't think you can do both mm. i think you either need to be a brand or a personality
0: yeah so how have you tried to explore the two like have you have you experimented with both did you start off one did you change the other what's your what's your experience with that
1: Absolutely. So I started YouTube as a personality. I did the content and I made the stories and the videos I made were, uh, they revolved around me, my humor and my friends. And as I built that, as I described earlier, it did okay, but it wasn't, you know, paying the bills uh, near enough. And I wanted to, when I had this opportunity for my 360 content and it started doing better, I started building that But the very fact of what happened is, is viewers who came to my channel no longer were interested in me and my personality. They were interested in the videos that I was making because they were 360 virtual reality.
0: They were new and interesting and and fitted in that new niche in the market.
1: Exactly. It's like thinking about a TV show like, um, oh my gosh, uh, such a bad example, but like BBC News. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've got BBC News. If they change the presenters, do you care? No. no, you're just there for the news, right? Yeah. It's it's that kind of sense. You are there for something, for the, the idea rather than the people.
0: Whereas like going back to someone like PewDiePie, you know, you go there for his personality. It doesn't really matter what he's playing.
1: Mm-hmm. You just
0: know that wherever he's playing, he's going to apply his personality to
1: it. Exactly. And I think if you can get, if you can make a YouTube channel in that format of being a personality where people come for you, way better than being a brand. Yeah. But it's so difficult these days to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you said how you started more of a personality. So does that mean you've changed more into a brand? Like when did 100%. that decision take place?
1: Uh, that took place pretty much towards the end of my university. So about a year ago, um, I made that change because I tried for the longest time to make this 360 content and push me as a person on the channel. Me as a, hi, I'm Aaron. I'm 22 years old. I, I live a life. Mm. Nobody cared in the politest way. Yeah. Um, They were there for the content and the stuff I was making, they weren't interested in who I was. Mm. And I came to realize, you know, I accepted it. And I said, this, this just isn't going to work if I keep trying to push it. So yeah. in that sense.
0: It's like you were saying earlier about throwing things at wall, and if it doesn't stick, it doesn't stick and you've got to change it. You've got to change what you're throwing at the wall.
1: 100%. I mean, I kept trying to throw my personality and making that a big thing for about two years and mm. yeah no <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the wall would literally just slide it off <laughs> yeah
1: literally that was a big change to me accepting that that channel had lost its personality and who i was um but it was getting the views but it was getting the views and i think this is maybe the easiest way to explain it um is to say that if you're a personality people watch you for but to become a fan and when i used to have my much smaller channel I would get fan art in my email regularly. Yeah. I would meet people at conventions, um, fans, lovely fans. And they would tell me how much they enjoyed my content. Um, they would buy merchandise, th- these kind of things. But then when I became a brand, no one cared about me. Yeah. And the fan art stopped. I hadn't received a piece of fan art for about honestly a year and a half, two years. Yeah.
0: After consistently, receiving consistently it.
1: receiving like one a week. Yeah. Honestly, it was like that. Um, it's such a silly way of like justifying it or like explaining it but i think it kind of encapsulates it
0: yeah like you saw that change suddenly something which you're receiving you're not receiving anymore but you are receiving maybe, maybe more views and i suppose with the two formats that were taking place one your personality and one the new interesting 360 content you i think maybe you suddenly realize you can't have both of them you can only really have one so obviously like the where the point the channel is now it's clear that you did fuel the the, the 360 content and did kind of would you say you settled for a brand you kind of like thrived in the new new idea of not resisting it being a brand
1: i i would have to say settled i wasn't too accepting of it to be honest yeah i wasn't happy because i i thought from the, the get-go that like you know i wanted to the whole point of doing youtube and like the main reason i started was to communicate my ideas and my friends and who i was and my personality blah blah blah, blah, blah. my humor um she isn't coming through on this podcast because i'm incredibly <laughs> it's fine don't worry about very it very deep very yeah focused <laughs> um but i'm a funny guy trust me oh my actually
0: you can find out because after this aaron and i um and ellen mm-hmm. might play having games checking it out on the other podcast um where you can see some of aaron's uh, renowned humans yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see how you do on that so yeah I, I i've been very resistant to it um but I've come to accept it now because mm. that is is what it has become. Yeah. Um, And I I kept going with this, accepted that was becoming a brand, but I'd lost what interested me in yeah. YouTube originally. Yeah. So I made a new channel in January, January 2019. And this channel was primarily for me to go back to my roots and to try and make content that revolved around me. And for the first time, it, it doesn't make me any money. Mm. But I'm doing it because I am now rebuilding that kind of audience who, um, appreciates me and I really appreciate them. And I was at a convention about, yeah, three weeks ago, a month ago. And for the first time in one and a half years, I met people who came up to me and they liked me for my humor and my characters and my personality. Yeah. Um, yeah which I just hadn't had in years.
0: I suppose it meant a lot because it meant that it kind of gave you a nostalgic glimpse at why you started in the first place, you know? Those first 100 views, maybe it gave you that kind of glimpse of what you felt back then and you were like, this is what I'm doing it for. Maybe it realigned you, would you say?
1: Absolutely. And I think I kind of got into this mentality of I'm doing it for a job. I'm doing it to make an income. But what I wanted is I lost that creative fizzle. So many people start YouTube and they start blogs and they start vlogging and and doing photography because they're creative um, and they enjoy it and they get those butterflies in their stomach when they make something cool. That wasn't there. Yeah. I'd lost that um, years back. Mm. And by remaking this channel, I was getting that back again. Yeah. It was like a proper creative buzz. Like the real reason people start YouTube um, was
0: there again. Yeah. And that's amazing, seeing that you have this this three sixty channel which has now accumulated what? Is it three hundred and eight? Oh, I don't keep track of it, but something like that. Yeah. 308,000 subscribers. It's got a total of um, 71 million views. <laughs> Just thought I'd read that it's number up much. for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. But like, even at that point, like you do find yourself, if you want to maintain that kind of financial income and also the viewership, you do kind of have to fuel it with stuff that maybe you're not interested in. And what you were saying earlier, which was quite interesting before the podcast is that it took a lot of your time outside of the actual video, such as like production, pre-production and everything. Could you quickly explain, like, what what is a typical video on the on the three hundred and sixty channel? Like, like what entails? What's what's the planning right. and the distribution? Is how is it different to what you know you're doing on your more personal, passionate channel?
1: Exactly. I mean, I'll start with the personal channel because it'd be easier to explain that. Simply, it's me and my friends jumping into a Minecraft game, but we just shout and scream for. Lovely. I mean, it's a bit more complicated than that. But, uh, <laughs> there's some humour, some jokes in there. <laughs> But it's about, yeah, like 15 minutes of having fun, to be honest. Like actual fun. Yeah. Um, And then I give that to my editor, Harley. Shout out Harley, if you're listening. (laughs) And he gets that and I upload to the channel. Yeah. Um, The other channel, the brand channel, we could call it so much more work. Yeah. Because I know what the audience wants. I know what they're looking for. And I script a video. I will then film the video. And I'm talking like a 10 page, 12 page script. That's crazy. It's, it's a bit. You're
0: writing like a short novel. Pretty every, much. Every week. How much? You every week, once a week. Once, once a week, a video. Yep. That's crazy.
1: I then go and film it. And that takes anywhere between three to five hours. Yeah. And I'll use a lot of help. I'll use a lot of people like acting out on my videos to help me in that. And then it's sending all the script off to voice actors because the easiest way to make, explain my content, it's almost like a Netflix show. Yeah. Um, I've got actors and I've got shots and I've got a director. I mean, I'm the director, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's put together like a Netflix show. So I get all the voice actors and then I edit it. And that's the most tedious part that I hate so much.
0: <laughs> but like, I'm sure when you started, because I love the editing process when it comes to the podcast, I'm sure when you started, you enjoyed the process. Do you think it fizzled out or was it never really there for you in the first place?
1: It fizzled out when I started doing content that I wasn't particularly comfortable with. Yeah. I still enjoy editing. I still edit for the smaller channel, the personal channel every now and again. And I get that little buzz when like the perfect bit of music matches up perfectly. And I'm like, mate, this is a perfect scene. I love this. (laughs) I still get that editing buzz, but I have not had it for years with the bigger channel, the brand channel, because the content I'm making, the whole content process, I'm going to be honest. And I've said this before, it's not content that I'm, Making because I kind of want to make it it's not something that I'm creatively like I'm creatively invested in I put effort into it but I'm not creatively proud yeah if someone said show me your best work I wouldn't show them that content mm. I'd show them something else yeah
0: so Aaron you said earlier how your demographic is typically like a younger audience and everything and like they do enjoy the content that you make or more more so the bigger channel um how do you find this this audience has kind of affected how you've made content or or like do you enjoy this audience? Would you prefer another one? Like, is, is, is the audience that are watching your videos, are they your target audience?
1: I think so, yeah. For the personality channel, definitely. It's something that I originally started doing, you know, way back when I was 15. And that audience is still one that I enjoy doing. I don't see myself being a car guy. I don't see myself doing beauty vlogging and yeah. like th- those kind of audiences. They're, they're not for me. Um, but the. The brand channel, the 360 channel, I really don't know because the audience is so, uh, I, I make content for what they kind of want to see versus what I want to create.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I want to quickly touch on the fact that there's a massive stereotype around people when they hear YouTubers of rich children, I I feel like as well. And like, if you don't mind me asking, like from from like a business and like financial point of view, like when someone says to you, I want to go into YouTube to earn money with that mentality, what would you say to
1: them? I might have a different opinion to Mm. a lot of YouTubers, maybe not the one that you're expecting. Back in the day, it was frowned upon. It was like, you can't go into YouTube to make cash. But I can tell you, you can go into YouTube to make money and there is money to be made. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But you're not going to be happy. Mm. Uh, And it it simply comes back, in my opinion, to that original thing of brand versus personality. Creatively, you want to be driven uh, by your personality. You want that to be the thing that shines out and makes you, you. Mm. But for me, while my main channel is making me an income, I feel creatively constrained because I've got to create content that people want to see, not what I want to make. Yeah. So yes, if you want to come into YouTube and make money, 100 you can. Yeah. And no one's going to frown upon you because those days are long gone. Yeah, it's a different time now.
0: Yeah, I feel I feel like it's kind of gone like it's flipped on itself a little bit. Where sometimes if you say, "Oh, I'm a YouTuber." So a lot of people now would take that as it's a positive thing, it's a good thing. Because it's like, wow, you're a creator, rather than, oh, why are you trying to do that almost as well? But I'd also
1: argue that the way YouTube's going, the creators are becoming a lot less common. Yeah. Um, you might not realize it, but your favorite YouTubers have a team behind them. <gasps> Any YouTuber who's over a million subs has a whole company behind them. Wi- yeah. Without a doubt. They might not look like it, they might look like they're a single guy without a doubt they've got editors, they've got business people, they've got marketing specialists there are there's, there's whole industries that popped up in the last five years um, around this whole thing brand managers, asset managers, digital marketing things that you might not even think of like proper you know fully paid jobs mm. are working the machine behind backstage
0: yeah and you're just watching one guy shouting and laughing on a youtube screen
1: and you think it's just him but it's not there's you're, a whole you're, team you're very nice na- yeah you're very yeah. naive if you have that it, that's not the case
0: yeah so when you say obviously there's money to be earned on on youtube but you won't be happy about it what do you mean by you won't be happy about what the content you create the the, the fan base you make the consistency the hard work you put
1: in and the, the little you get out like what do you mean what will you not be happy about I think to be happy on YouTube, it depends hugely on the content you create. But as you'll realize as you build a YouTube channel, the content that gets views, maybe not the content you want to produce. Um, as an example, like a fitness channel, here's is, is a simple example. Maybe you enjoy making fitness vlogs, right? But the content that's going to get views is the tutorials, mm. okay? How to use machines at the gym, how to do sit ups correctly, et cetera. And doing a tutorial video and doing loads of them, you may not, you probably won't enjoy doing that. You would enjoy doing a, a day vlog, those kind of things. But the videos that are going to get more views is going to be the tutorial ones.
0: Does Uh, that make sense? It does. And I suppose naturally, because they are getting more views, you will start to make more of that content. Absolutely. So maybe without realizing you, you will just become unhappy because you've slowly gone into this state of maybe following the views too much. And I think maybe what you've done is you've found a nice balance is you have made this other channel to kind of rebirth that passion
1: so much so that you can keep up the bigger channel. Exactly. And I think it's something that you're going to get sucked into. YouTube encourages you to follow the views. Um, the way that it works, the way that you make money, you, as soon as you have a video that goes, does well, goes viral, makes you, you know, how many hundreds you want to make more of that because obviously that made it works, it makes it work. It's, that's, that's making you money. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not just throwing stuff at the wall continuously. <laughs> <And>, Stick. <yeah, laughs> um, the golden ground of YouTube is getting to a point where you can make content that you enjoy that makes you money. Yeah. But the truth is, and for a lot of YouTubers, it is very hard to get there. Yeah. It's very hard to realize that. I have a lot of friends who are there at that point and they get to make any content they want and the videos would do well and it's content they want to make. And that is like the peak because you're making an income and you're creatively enjoying it. Yeah. But it is a challenge to get to that point. You could have a YouTube channel that gets no views, but you creatively enjoy it. Or you could have a YouTube channel that gets hundreds of thousands of views, but you creatively don't enjoy it. And it's a lot of work. You know, it's like a nine to five office job. Yeah. Um, And trying to find that creative balance. Is, is difficult.
0: I suppose that's why like I was saying to you earlier how I see a lot of YouTubers uh, that I go back to after subscribing to them years ago when they were making consistent content of like one or two videos a week. I go on there and I see their last video was like, it wasn't even like, a, oh, an end enter YouTube. It was, it was like any other video. And it was like two years ago, two months ago. And it just, they just stopped. They stopped making content. And I feel like that's really sad to see. But I, like over time, not only the content changes, the viewership changes, but the people change that make it as well. And I suppose uh, just real quick before we move on to more generic YouTube, youtube talk um how do you feel like you've changed um throughout this whole youtube experience do you feel like you've become a more confident person
1: 100 i i back in high school i was very kept myself didn't have very many friends and didn't go out much um i i did drama you know which completely contradicts everything i've just said hang on a minute aaron (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) but i wasn't very good i had anxiety issues but i didn't really acknowledge them Mm. um going in on a stage in front of people like worst fear ever yeah um but now doing youtube maybe it's also just growing up i think those fears have almost completely gone mm.
0: um
1: going on stage in an event is a regular thing and i'm fine with it yeah um
0: that's amazing as well i suppose like when when you are for example standing on stage in front of how many people like
1: my last event a month ago it's about five to seven hundred. That's crazy. In yeah. front,
0: in front of that many people, like you're sure on what you're talking about. You're talking about yourself. You're talking about the content. You're talking about the personality that you are in the videos. So I, I suppose when you are talking about something you're so sure about, it is kind of easier to find that confidence.
1: I think so. Yeah, and I think it's also building off that and completely uh, contradicting your point <laughs> is when I'm at stage at these events. I I have a personality. And I think Josh could probably say the same here. Anyone who does something creative, I I argue, um, puts on a persona that isn't necessarily them. Uh, me sitting here right now, as I said, I'm obviously much more hilarious in real life. Um, <laughs> you might not believe it, but I am currently like playing a character. Mm. I, sure, you made see it as me but it kind of really isn't Mm. and the person that i am in my youtube videos is someone different yeah and when i'm on stage i am someone else yeah i i'm still me don't get me wrong but i am playing to a different audience i am putting on a performance could you say
0: yeah um yeah, no, I think it's very, very interesting as well because I see it more from a literal performance view because I've been on stage countless times being very different characters um, from a, a singing cat to a, a, a fat um, critic and stuff like that, which is crazy. Um, and like, I do get that, but I, I feel like for me to go on stage by myself, you know, that isn't the kind of content which any, any sort of viewership wants to see. So I suppose like when you are going on as the character that, that you portray in your videos, like that's what people expect. And it's always going to be an entertaining show at the very least.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, now, also, I want to touch on a few other things. So obviously, you, you specify uh, you, you work specifically around the whole um, gaming section of YouTube. That's where you kind yeah. of thrive at the moment. Yeah. Say, yeah,
1: that's Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah.
0: With, with typically for the last few years, the, the whole Minecraft section as well. Yep. Um, and what I find quite interesting love is those
1: blocks. Yeah, love, <laughs> love, love
0: them blocks. Still, still going strong. Yeah, still going strong. Um, have you explored other formats such as vlogging, unboxing, reviews,
1: yeah. and and how they worked out for you? I have tried these other formats. Mm. Um, I find them very difficult. Yeah, I've tried vlogs, and I can't. Uh, tell the kind of content that I want to do. A lot of the stuff I do is storytelling, and I don't have a production team to make a show in real life. But if I do it in Minecraft, I can connect with people around the world, and I could just do it then and there, easy peasy. Yeah. In in, in a, you know in my bedroom. With the people that have the same kind of you know passion. At the end of the day, they have the same goal. Exactly. And I've tried other formats, and I just don't think anything would work for me. And I also find being in front of a camera even though I'm saying that I'm great on stage, um, Taylor with a pinch of salt, (laughs) I being in front of like a vlogging camera and talking to the camera, I find even more jarring. Yeah. I can't play myself. Um, but when I'm behind a microphone, I can, you know, going back to that kind of character personality thing, playing a character when I'm in front of a camera, I change even more. Yeah. Um, I'm not me. Yeah. Um, Maybe that is something I honestly struggle with confidence-wise. That's interesting. Is that, is that kind of sense?
0: And I, I do agree I do agree with you. I think anyone that's been in front of a camera as well as on stage, it's a very different experience because you know that that you being recorded in front of a camera, that you're talking to the camera, you're talking to the audience directly, is completely different to being on stage. Whether you are talking to the audience that you can actually see. And I know that people do struggle either way. I, I have spoken to actors, you know, that have gone on stage and being in front of like a few hundred people, they love it. They thrive on it. Whereas also I know other people that they hate doing that, but they love being in front of the camera and it does differ depending on who you are um now aaron i've got some rapid fire questions for you go for it mate which you've never seen before definitely
1: not (laughs) absolutely i've had i've had no uh build up to this moment sorry what are they on the note sheet <laughs> oh no uh five rapid fire questions to do with you to do
0: with youtube um to do with uh, specifically youtube because that's where you specialize in and everything um so keep in mind although they're rapid fire says so to all the all the uh, all the guests they don't have to be rapid fire at all you can take as long as you want to answer all right um question number one what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone wanting to become a youtuber
1: i think it's just going to build up all the points i've said already if you are doing it to uh, as a creative outlet because you enjoy doing it just do it yeah Uh, make the content and have fun with it if you are doing it as a creative outlet with hopes of making it into a business expect to make changes and expect to uh, have to make changes even if they don't come to you you need to take that step back and look at what you're doing and think about changing it once again going back to throwing stuff at the wall (laughs) if you keep doing the same if you vlog right if you want to be a vlogging YouTuber and you're not getting any views on your videos, okay, it's not the fact. I'm being blunt. The problem isn't that people aren't finding your content and people aren't watching it. The problem is your content. Uh, being being completely bluntly honest, you need to in this today's day of youtube you cannot make the same content that other people make you need to make original content yeah sorry that sounded like i was lecturing you as you know as your mother (laughs) but i I get asked this question a lot at conventions yeah what you know what's your top tip for a new youtuber do something different yeah why would someone watch your vlog when they could watch casey neistat Mm. casey neistat this crazy dude who lives this rich life all the money all the
0: experience all of the entertainment he's already mastered a lot of it anyway right
1: And I'm not saying that you suck, but it's like (laughs) nobody really cares about you going to Costa. Yeah. Right. Um, People want to see original experiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They want to see stuff which they couldn't see somewhere else or that maybe your personality can bounce off a little bit. Um, Now, I suppose this actually links in with the first question a little bit. Um, They say the first 100 subscribers is the hardest to get. From your point of view, is that true? Yeah. I fully, fully believe that. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you feel like after the first 100, like, was that a big accomplishment? I suppose it, it was a, a oh, yeah, big
1: accomplishment to you, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the first 100 are the hardest. Um, and if you do YouTube right, it should be a snowball effect. It should build and build and build and build and build. And build. Um, it will also be like a roller coaster. It will go up and down. Um, you'll have high moments and low moments. But yeah, first 100, always the hardest. And starting with something creatively like this, you may need to make lots of changes to get that first hundred, but just be willing to do it. Yeah, be willing to change, you know. Absolutely.
0: Um, actually, still continue continuing <laughs> off the first one. What's the same question. Same question. Um, what are some things you should definitely avoid to do when starting off kind of like a, a channel on YouTube, stuff that maybe you've experimented with that haven't worked or you've seen other YouTubers try and it's
1: actually, it's actually been quite bad for them. It's been their demise. I... The, I could go down a whole list here. Um, <laughs> oh no. I think the biggest one and something that I struggle with and still a lot of my friends struggle with, uh, people in the industry, creators um, who make content for a living, is if something's working for someone else, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm. You can't just watch your favourite YouTuber and decide you want to make the same content. Uh, and, you know, If you're doing it for enjoy- your enjoyment, do it. If you want it to do it as a career, copying someone else isn't going to work. Mm. nobody ever took a book and read someone else's book and said oh i want to do something like that and rewrote the whole book that they did and sold it yeah doesn't work um don't do that don't copy other people Mm. you need to have something original yeah and then obvious stuff don't use copyright music um i would at the minute with the state of youtube i would avoid kid-friendly content yeah very kid-friendly stuff uh, that's a whole nother. You can research that yourself,
0: yeah, but just the topic. just real quick, uh, just like a sentence or two, the whole the whole idea of what's going on with the whole YouTube um algorithm and kid videos. like why yeah. would, why why would you quickly avoid that?
1: Um the problem with YouTube at the minute is they're basically being sued. Yeah, um, we should date this as August, August yeah, yeah. <laughs> September 2019 they they're currently being sued. and basically, they need to stop advertising stuff to kids mm. is what they've said. So the way that as a YouTuber you make money is you make money, you make a tiny cut of every advert someone sees. And if you make very kid-friendly content, um, I'm talking like stuff that like an eight-year-old and younger would watch. you They can no longer advertise to them. Um, they can't sell toys to these kids um, because it's seen as like taking advantage of them in the law. Yeah, And because of that, YouTube is heavily reducing adverts on these videos come January 2020 and it's not going to be a good time oh no Um, and my final thing just these days YouTube is so much more clean it used to be that YouTube was this outlet to be to cuss and swear and be quirky and show your bottom on camera Um, (laughs) just you know going anywhere with it doing crazy stunts um, all this kind of crazy stuff a lot of this stuff has been banned now you might not realize it, but it but it has been because they're trying to push for this more TV, cable, uh, boring you could say <laughs> content approach. Mm. Um, they're trying to make it a lot cleaner of a site. So avoid. I have a friend. Oh, this is a tangent. Um, someone I know, and he makes content, and his whole appeal is being quite explicit, being quite over the top. His jokes are quite offensive and the problem is is youtube can detect that his videos are offensive and they stop promoting them that's crazy so if your humor revolves around making inappropriate jokes it's it's not going to work unfortunately yeah it's not which is why so many youtubers have stopped swearing
0: yeah um, question number two. Um, this is more specific to the kind of uh, the, the the content and the the let's play content that you make as well. Um, if because obviously you specialize in Minecraft, the game. If Minecraft wasn't the game of choice for your channel, what game would it be? Because the entire time that I've known you, you have specialized in this in the game, which is kind of you've you've been good at. Um, the Content has been made a lot about, around it, but you've kind of th- you. I feel like you've thrived as well in that whole that whole Minecraft rise to YouTube. But what what video or uh, what game would you uh,
1: would you say that you would play if it wasn't for minecraft i think for the kind of stuff i create it would still have to be a game which is almost like a world that you can do anything in yeah Um, the immediate thing that comes to mind is roblox really so it's it's almost like if minecraft was lego i should explain minecraft is lego in a video game easiest way to put it endless creativity right if roblox is like Duplo, <laughs> Duplo is like the big bricks from Lego. Yeah, and Roblox is like a dumbed down version of Minecraft. Yeah, so I, li- I like that explanation. Actually, that's I interesting. Guess, yeah,
0: so it's still something which you can kind of express your creativity uh, absolutely a like, Yeah, that,
1: that's that's what keeps me hooked. I don't yeah. play Minecraft because of the gameplay. Yeah, I create it because I can tell stories.
0: Yeah, and there's so much you can make just from one one it's, game. It's
1: a, yeah, it's, it's known as a sandbox game, as in you can do anything.
0: Yeah um Question number three. Uh, obviously, I can see up there. There's a YouTube button. The plaque. The yeah. plaque. How many shown that m- off. How uh, many subscribers was, was that for? Hundred k. Hundred k. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, now, what's your
1: what's your what's your biggest accomplishment when it comes to YouTube? I can be on that button. Really? Because growing up for me and going through high school, um it sounds so silly and up myself, but I was like, what what determines you to be a big YouTuber? And obviously that's changed a lot now because there are so many people doing YouTube. Yeah, I'd say I'm uh, a small to medium-sized creator. I wouldn't say I'm big. Mm. Um, but back then when I got the button, 100,000 subscribers was... It meant so much to me. Mm. Also, the button is an award. just to, it's, it like, is, it's like yeah. a trophy. Yeah. yeah, It's not
0: just like a small <laughs> button on the no. side of it.
1: <laughs> so... Yeah. Getting that was kind of like a confirmation that like this hard work's paid off. Yeah. Um, more than anything else did for me.
0: I suppose actually following on from that question as well, like what's your next big accomplishment? Like, is it the next badge? Is it to reach a certain, like a viewer threshold? Like what would that be for you?
1: Honestly, my next accomplishment is hoping to, to reach that pinnacle ideal point in YouTube. And for me, and I think for a lot of creators, that is the point where you're making enough money and creating content that you want to make. Yeah. And as I've discussed, I'm in a point where I've got a channel that pays the bills, but it's not content I want to make. And I've got a channel that has content I want to make, but doesn't pay the bills. Mm. So if that channel starts doing amazingly, I will be very happy. (laughs) That's my goal.
0: Next time you're on, Aaron, we'll, we'll, we'll keep us updated. Um, question number four, what's, uh, who's been your inspiration or what's been your inspiration um, throughout your YouTube career?
1: Throughout, it changes. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times I get inspiration, you know, to, like today or from friends, from other people in the industry, people I work with, and also going to events. I do a lot of events, usually about three, four a year, and I get to meet people who watch my content and quite typically, they're, they're younger, 12 plus, 12 to 16. And they really, you know, appreciate it and, like, want to express how much they enjoy my content. And that really, like, hits home for me. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot more recently when I've been making this content that's more geared towards me. Mm. Um, and meeting those fans is honestly the most heartwarming thing. Mm. Um, always gives me a little pick-me-up. Oh, um, when, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Um, at the very start, Yolkscast. And one of their videos popped up and it's how I learned about Minecraft. It's really? how I learn about Yolkscast. That's interesting. Um, Yolkscast is a British gaming channel. Yeah,
0: they're, they're still going making different content. Uh, yeah, um, they're old
1: now. They are oh,
0: still going strong.
1: That's, that's what got me into it. Yeah. That was my inspiration. Uh,
0: and the final question, what's been some of your meanest comments and how did they affect you and what did you learn?
1: Meanest comments. I... <sighs> Is there one that, that sticks in mind? Not particularly. No. I've had comments like critiquing my look. Really? Um, back when I was younger, you know, 15, I didn't do anything with my hair. It just was kind of like down to like, I don't know, how do you say like mouth level? Is yeah. that the right way of saying it? <laughs> it was the Justin
0: Bieber I'm um, Yeah, that's the best yeah. way I
1: put it Oh, just I did get just the baby comments. Yeah. That's right. I did as well until
0: I discovered wax and waxed my hair. Yeah, or spray. Yeah. <laughs> a hairbrush, you know. Doing this doing both at the same Literally time. Literally anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, those kind of stick with me. More recently, like honestly this week. Really? Um, I've released a new series. Yeah. And I put a lot of work into it. And I've had comments claiming that I've copied someone else's series I've never heard of. Oh no. And I've checked them out and I really appreciate like the it's good content what that person's made. Yeah. But I have by no means like gone in and taken ideas. Yeah. Um had no idea existed. Mm. And it's completely different. I'm almost like there wanting to reply to this person and saying, No, you're wrong. Yeah. And I hold back because I know it's just going to make me more and more angry and and, and lead somewhere I don't want it to. Keep
0: digging the hole deeper. Exactly. Um, now, Aaron, before we wrap up, do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. Yeah? What po- what podcast do you listen to? And do you have any um, specific podcast recommendations? Oh, my gosh. I listen to Having Words
1: podcast a bit. Hang on. That's this oh, podcast, wow. Aaron. The um, <laughs> H3H3 podcast.
0: Yeah, I was listening to that on the way here. Uh, it, was their, it was their most recent one one with Casey Neistat.
1: I haven't caught. I'm not that... F- no. When I, when I listen to podcasts, I listen to them every now and again. Um, I used to listen to... I know you used to listen to this... Yogpod, yeah, long a time Cast ago podcast. Yeah, they did. Ugh, these are dated 2009. Yeah, that's crazy, and ten years ago, ten years ago, a decade ago. Um, they it was like a comedy podcast. They did like 20 episodes, and they have not aged well. <laughs> no, um, <problem>. but. <laughs> they're still hilarious it's very nostalgic for me to listen to those um, and i've listened to many times but
0: especially because you were listening to them before you became a youtuber as well and now where you are now and and, you know learning what learning what content creation is how difficult it is i suppose maybe you can appreciate some of those some of those episodes a little bit more
1: exactly but i think h3h3 podcast is one i regularly tune into yeah (laughs) um also do you have any shout outs anyone you want to shout out aaron (laughs) Night, Josh, for inviting me on Thank this. You. Appreciate it, mate. <laughs> Is that the first guest to shout out, Josh? No, actually,
0: that happens quite often. Ah, crap. Yeah, they're, they're, I feel like a lot well, of the guests. I was unique. Nope, a lot of the I guests. Guess not a lot of the
1: guests. Just like that, fan was telling me in the comments. <laughs> oh no, Aaron. copying other people. Oh, you'll get. Oh, put down the mic. Oh mind. crap, gotta go. <laughs> Um and Aaron, where can
0: people find you? What your what your social handles? What's your obviously YouTube channel names? God, if you
1: like Minecraft content, have <laughs> I got a channel for you? <laughs> I can recommend nothing of mine. <laughs> no, um, no unless you're 13 years old, in which case, Tyser on YouTube, T-Y-C-E-R, or Tyser X, which is the 360 stuff. Um well, to be fair, from my point of
0: view, like obviously I'm not a 13-year-old, but that, that content, just the idea, and it's such a new thing of being able to like look around with your phone inside of a video cool. game is really cool. So I recommend the viewership just to check out one of the episodes. If, if someone finds themselves on that 360 channel, Aaron, wh- where would you direct
1: them? To which video shows it off the best? Oh my god, just look at the one that plays first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually pre-pick one that just goes there. <laughs> just watch all of it. Give me watch time. Okay, yeah, watch time. That's what YouTube's about these days. Um, Aaron thank you for coming on the podcast thank you for
0: having me sir um, we're about to record a post show with Aaron where I'm going to ask him five more completely un-YouTube related questions can go first you can go pee first cheers love should you go pee guys thank you for listening to Having Words you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes and literally any other podcast directory including YouTube uh, feel free to leave an iTunes review if you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week bye bye thank you for listening and if you enjoyed the episode you can let us know by sending us an email at havingwordspodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or by writing us a review on itunes or on facebook